Welcome to the Think Christian podcast, where we like to say there's no such thing as secular. Okay, time to stop playing the new Beyonce album and start talking about it. I'm Josh Larson, editor over at thinkchristian.net and your host. Beyonce pretty much runs pop culture these days, so you knew we were going to get to her celebratory new dance album, Renaissance. And you probably knew we were going to have Katherine Freeman on to talk about it. It was actually Catherine's idea to pair Renaissance with another new release, Maggie Rogers' Surrender, and consider them both under the theme of freedom in surrender. Now, a heads up, because we know that some listeners do appreciate being warned about explicit content, the lyrics on both albums can get pretty raw. So keep that in mind before you give them a spin. We've considered the way Christians can think about explicit music over at thinkchristian.net in a couple of ways. A few years ago, I wrote a post about Chance the Rapper's I Might Need Security, and Rachel Sions just finished a post specifically about listening to explicit lyrics. So that should be up by the time this episode airs, and I encourage you to seek those out at thinkchristian.net to help frame what we hear on Renaissance and Surrender. For this episode, however, we're going to frame the albums within this idea and the context of Christian liberty. What do Christians mean by freedom? Is anything like that heard in this music? Catherine and I will dig in. Before we do that, exciting news for the Tolkien nerds among us. In anticipation of the new Rings of Power series that's coming to Amazon Prime Video, we've published a new ebook, The Lord and the Rings. Now, this consists of eight essays by TC writers offering theological reflections on the eight major film adaptations of Tolkien's work. So, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films, of course, but also the two much earlier animated adaptations by Rankin and Bass and Ralph Bakshi. You can get the ebook for free by signing up to receive TC emails over at thinkchristian.net slash Lord of the Rings. It's a rich collection of essays just in time for another trip to Middle Earth. So again, that's thinkchristian.net slash Lord of the Rings. Okay, time for some music. Let's bring on Catherine to talk Beyonce. Beyonce has given us plenty to write about and talk about over at Think Christian in recent years. A Lion King-related visual album, a collaboration with husband Jay-Z, a Netflix documentary capturing her homecoming performance at Coachella, and Catherine Freeman has covered most, if not all of it for us. Now, Catherine, with Renaissance, we have her first solo studio release since 2016's Lemonade. So what was it like listening to Renaissance for the first time? It was amazing. I obviously I'm biased. <laughs> That's huge why you're fan. here. Um, huge fan. Um, and I think creatively, like she kind of teased. Okay, so this album is unique in that we got a very traditional album release, which Beyonce has not done in a long time. I would say, you know, at least eight years. I think the last traditional release was maybe B-Day. And so this one, we kind of knew it was coming. She released a single. She did a press interview where she talked about what the sound was going to be like. I think I'm always so amazed at her ability to kind of capture the cultural zeitgeist, even as she's talking about like kind of her own personal 
story and life and how well she's able to kind of capture that mood and also too to be forward thinking right like I think mm-hmm. one thing about renaissance is it ca- captures this we've been kind of cooped up for two years and now we're out and we're like having fun again but even the way in which she did that and kind of bringing back house and dance kind of back into the mainstream and like now it's like you're hearing that sound in a lot of albums that are being released. And so I just am mm. always amazed at her ability to be innovative, but also just like really on point where we are culturally. Yeah, and it's definitely a dance album. I mean, you yeah. could you could go from the opening song, I'm That Girl, straight through, I think, seven songs until maybe Plastic Off the Sofa. You could play all those back to back to back in a club. They would just like slide yeah. from one to the other. So that kind of stood out to me. And along with that, I really enjoyed the transitions from song to song here. And that might be the highlight for me. And actually, I don't know if you heard Pop Culture Happy Hour or that group talk about this, but Aisha Harris pointed this out too. And she actually pointed out what is maybe my favorite transition from energy to break my soul. It's that kind of infectious, um, celebratory, freeing sense that that was my first impression from the album, at least. You know what's so cool about that is Beyonce always talks about how people don't listen to albums anymore, how most artists are releasing like singles or even in their albums that songs that are designed to be you know, listen to, you know, one off. But I really feel like with even Break My Soul, right? We had heard that before the album was released, but listening to it as part of the album and the transition from energy to Break My Soul, it's like a new song. Totally. And that you have to, at least I do, I don't play the like kind of randomized when I listen to Renaissance. I like play the album in order because it's like evokes this specific response and I have found with many friends that like no you listen to this album in order like you can't skip around and I think that's such a unique way of even as we're listening alone of creating community because Mm. we have to hear it and to really experience it I think the way that she designed you do have to listen to the album in sequential order And that speaks to what you were saying before, too, because it's sort of a throwback move, but it does, in this context, in our current moment, feel forward thinking in a way. So that's Beyonce Freedom, at least on Renaissance. What about Christian Freedom? Let's let's kind of move to that. And we, you know, we would look to Paul's words in Galatians 5, I think, where he talks about freedom in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I, you know, Christians understand that to mean that we're free from our guilt, we're free from sin, we're free from having to fulfill the law all on our own. Yet, Paul also makes clear, you know, we're not to use that freedom to indulge in sinful nature because that's only going to alienate us from God and others. It's going to entrap us again, so we won't be free. Instead, the way Paul describes it, we're, we're free to better serve God and neighbor. So this kind of gets back to the community thing you were yeah. talking about there for me, Catherine. It, it strikes me that one gift Beyonce has is to make her confidence feel communal. Even when she's talking herself up, which there's a lot of on this album, yeah. you feel like she's talking you up as well, the listener, yeah. the dancer. And I think that's a unique gift she has. So I'm wondering if that quality relates at all to this biblical love of neighbor in any way, the sort we are free to pursue in Galatians 5, or if you see it in another aspect in the album. I would say I have a critique of her view of freedom. As much as I love the album, I feel like it's very isolationist in the sense Mm. of like, 
even though you might feel communal and dancing, it's about you sort of self-actualizing, right? Like you don't have to, even like church girl, right? Like where she talks about, I, no one can judge me but me. And this idea of like, even in your community, if people have things to say that you don't agree with, or then those are people that you can drop and say, you know, don't break my soul. And so I think that it's a very limited view of freedom in a contrast to what Paul is offering, right? In the sense that I think for Christians, we have been freed for community, right? And like, to your point of like, her sort of evoking this sort of communal aspect, I think that would be the closest, I think, to the Christian view of freedom, right? That it isn't just about, okay, if you say something to me and we're in community that I don't like, I am not free (laughs) to drop you and tell Mm. you, you can't break my soul or you have no right to judge me. Mm. And I think sometimes this idea that Christianity or is like very limiting in the fact that it is, you know, you can't be who you really want to be, right? Like, I feel like that's one notion of freedom, a more secular notion of freedom and view of Christianity than how I think I see. And I think also to what Paul is communicating to us and that we're free for a life of abundance, but sometimes that comes with restriction and we Mm. don't necessarily always see that restriction as a gift of which it is. Like I think love of neighbor and being free to serve others is a huge aspect of freedom, but I think Christians should be careful about this idea that like my freedom is to do whatever I want and I have to have agency and anything that restricts my agency is bad. And that in some ways, sometimes there's more freedom in those restrictions than there is in this sort of libertine sort of culture that maybe is being promoted a little bit on the album. It's a delicate balancing act. Yeah. yeah. Which you, and you can sense that tension on the album for sure, I think. articulates one vision of freedom, one that is pretty consistent with the American ideal of freedom, this idea to be fully self-actualized, free from any kind of constraints, whether it's your job or relationships that kind of bring you down, sort of this who are you to judge me that you see in church girl. But those are not the only concepts of freedom. One scholar that has really opened my eyes and kind of helped me reframe about how I think about freedom, both in the American context and I think also to this idea of Christian liberty, is actually a scholar named Saba Mahmood. Um, She wrote a book called Politics of Piety. It's about sort of the feminist movement within Islamic cultures. But she says in her book that what may appear as a case of passivity or docility may actually be a form of agency. So I think sort of Christian view of freedom, right, to some people looks like sort of this regressive ideal you're choosing to submit yourself to these restraints and this sort of life that maybe doesn't work in the modern world. But actually, it is a form of agency, and it is a form of freedom, right? A freedom for to be unleashed into community and to love others and to find flourishing even in that submission. 
So maybe this idea of surrender we find uh, stronger signals of on the Maggie Rogers album, which is obviously titled Surrender. So we'll get to that. But before we do, is there anything else just in general on Renaissance you wanted to cover or even a specific thing you wanted to mention? I think that there is something to be said about the freedom of joy, even amidst lament, because we're not totally out of the pandemic, right? Like there are people still getting sick, people still lost loved ones. But I think that there's something so beautiful about just like dancing in the midst of that and like thinking of like even like David and his freedom before the Lord. And so I think even that sort of freedom of like just like the freedom to dance and to celebrate what you're either going through right now or have been through, that these two ideas can coexist. Like you can really love Renaissance and like love the dancing and still have like, okay, Beyonce, I'm not totally there with you on that (laughs) particular issue. In the same way that I think that you can be, that you don't have to like restrict or, you know, that sort of the whole idea of Think Christian about like nothing, there's no such thing as, as secular and trying to find sort of the sacred, even where there's like, "Eh, I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) Well, thanks for helping us do that, at least when it comes to Renaissance. Uh, As I mentioned, we've covered Beyonce quite a bit at TC. Too many things to list that you've written, Catherine, and others as well. So uh, I would suggest listeners just search Beyonce at thinkchristian.net. All of that stuff will come up. Also, we just did some improvements to the website, so it's nice now when you search there, podcast episodes with those topics will come up. So go ahead, search Beyonce. You'll get all the articles and our previous podcasts, which we've done, I think one, maybe two, in the last couple of years will come up as well. So that will be there waiting for you. Catherine is going to stick around and talk about freedom as it plays out in Maggie Rogers' new album, Surrender, in just a bit. So stay with us. Your first name is free. Last name is dumb. But you still believe in where we're from. surrender what a great theme to explore musically that was a bit of pharrell williams freedom a song he released in 2015 as a single and later as a contribution to the despicable me 3 soundtrack it might seem like a simple little tune but i love the deeper currents running through that line in the second verse that couples when a baby first breathes and when the night sees sunrise got me thinking about the idea of freedom through surrender the baby has been breathing one way for months and has to surrender to a whole new way of getting oxygen The idea of finding real freedom, not through the lie of conquest, but through letting go, surrender, personal revolution, that's some powerful juju right there. Hi, John J. Thompson, your personal podcast procurer here with another specially curated playlist of songs all about finding freedom through surrender. And this one is a pretty trippy and wildly eclectic batch of tunes, including classic rock, new school hip hop, indie rock, country R&B, and even some bluegrass and country. Songwriters have been wrestling with the often counterintuitive idea 
idea that real freedom comes through throwing your hands in the air for, well, longer than I care to detail. You can hear 20 examples, including the Rascals' 1969 hit People Gotta Be Free, which you'll hear a little bit of later in the show, if you find the playlist on Spotify and let it set you free. Find the tunes by searching for the Think Christian profile. You'll see the mix right there on the list. For a while, it will be listed in the latest episode file, but you can also find it listed separately alongside all the other mixes I've made for you. And of course, the songs have been added to the massive archive mix as well. And if you can think of a great Freedom Through Surrender song that I might add, tweet at me, at John J. Thompson, and I'll check it out. Until next time, this is JJT encouraging you to find the escape hatch, the one that isn't just another trap, and get yourself free. Josh Larson here, back with Catherine Freeman, who is going to catch me up on Maggie Rogers. Now, you noted that her new album, Surrender, was coming out the same day as Beyonce's Renaissance and thought they might make for a good pair, Catherine. So tell us a little bit about Rogers and her music. My favorite Maggie Rogers fun fact is that she just did a Masters of Divinity at Harvard. I think in her previous album, you could hear a little bit more. She has a very eclectic in terms of influences. So I think in her previous album, you could hear a little bit more of like the R&B kind of blues Michael Jackson influence than you can on Surrender. But she's one of my favorite artists. I think she's so creative in both her lyricism and then just her musicality. And I think you see that in Surrender, like the songs sound different. There are, there are dance songs on Surrender, but then also maybe some more traditional, like alternative rock-ish sounding songs as well. Yeah, that's helpful because this was the first album of hers I listened to, and it was hard for me to pinpoint, you know, where I yeah. would place her. So that that makes a, a lot of sense. There are songs not quite as danceable probably as on Renaissance, but I see what you mean. One of them yeah. that I don't know if you would call this a dance song, but I did like Want Want quite a yeah, bit. Yeah. Maybe my favorite. And I think what's interesting about that is it connects a little bit more to what you were talking about, about Renaissance, this idea of the personal freedom and my independence, the individual independence. I think Want Want also taps into that quite a bit and understands the allure of that sort of worldly freedom, if you'd want to call it. That. So that was maybe, uh, just as a listen, my favorite song. Did you yeah. have one that jumped out to you as a favorite? So I like Want Want, and I also like I Got a Friend. I feel like there are not enough songs about friendship and the importance that friendship and, like, that sort of love in our lives. And so I love that she wrote a song to her best friend. And I think just also as a single person, I just felt like that was really meaningful. And even for married people, like friendships play a really big role in our lives. And it's not often you hear songs dedicated to the importance of, of friendship. And so I really, I love I've Got a Friend. I got a friend who's been Yeah, that's one of those I highlighted that I wanted to make sure we consider because it stood out to me in that way. 
as well. And I think it connects with, you know, this idea of if we've been free to love, it's going to involve surrender of some kind. And that can be in a loving friendship or, uh, you know, other loving relationships. So I'm glad you highlighted that one. I think maybe one of the other ones that jumped out to me was Anywhere With You, which evidences a love that's also a surrender. The lyrics there is, she says, and I said, listen, oh, I know it's been a long, long year, but I think we should go and get you out of here. I'll go anywhere, anywhere with you. And I just like this idea of, you know, putting that person's, what that person needs ahead of what you need. But this sense of that there's something freeing for the giver in that experience as well. As I said, there are a number of songs that kind of touched on this idea of, um, you know, loving surrender. Any other one that you wanted to, to highlight? I can't think of anything that like to highlight other than the two that you mentioned. Yeah, I love it when I I read an NPR interview with her where she kind of talked about so her Masters of Divinity project was about mu- music as like a communal experience and how it kind of how concerts actually can be places of communal gathering and, sure. and that kind of feeling. But I just, I thought it was so interesting that she, when she talked about why she named it Surrender, right? Like it is, to her, she described it as, it is about freedom, but this idea that there is freedom in submitting yourself to other people in either, you know, romantic love or platonic love and and not holding on or feeling like you have to hold back. I think sometimes we feel like we might be too much for people. So it's like, I can't be my full self. <laughs> and really how she kind of pushes against that of like, hey, you know, like, you in in relationships, part of what it means to love is surrender and not to hold back who you are, to know and to be known. And so I really love that message. And I it comes through in a different, like different ways on different songs. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting that she chose surrender as a title, even though in her description, she was like, this album is about freedom. As you describe sort of not holding back, the emotions are really big on this yes, album. Yes, yes. And is that something that's been a hallmark of her music or is that something that's kind of a something of a new direction here? I think she is a big emotion person. I think what I do think is interesting in my experience with her is I feel like she's a big emotion person, but also a big sound. Like it matches. Like I feel like Adele is a big emotion person, but sometimes mm-hmm. the sound can be quieter. Obviously not in the ballads, guys, not in the big ballads. But <laughs> when you listen through a whole Adele, like I think about yeah. um, Love After Dark, where it's like this is a very intense relationship, but it's like the the instrumentation is quieter. Mm. And I would say on Maggie Rogers' previous album, the instrumentation was very loud, so much so that it was kind of a little bit like for me, I love that album so much. But like the lyrics don't really didn't really stick with me as much as okay. on this album. I think there's more tonal variety and I can really hear the songs. Like I've got a friend, like immediately what struck me about that song were the lyrics. I think want want, um, even though I think of it as a dance song. I the lyrics I think really speak a lot louder to me on this album than her debut album. Well, thank you, Catherine, for pulling double duty on this episode. I really appreciate that. It's uh, always good to talk Beyonce with you and to learn about Maggie Rogers. So Yes, I love them both. Get them both. They're awesome. There you go. (laughs) Anything else you've been working on, writing, podcasting about that you want to point listeners to? No, I'm starting my PhD this oh my goodness. in August. So I've slowed down on like the pop culture writing, but I'm excited to be here. I'll always talk about Beyonce. I just, <laughs> I love it. And I will always talk about a female religious scholar, which Maggie Rogers is a musician, but she is also a theologian. 
There you go. So this episode hit your sweet spot. Even with all your studies, I hope we can snag you to write something for us in the next couple of months or be on another episode. So we will be in touch. I hope for the best with all of that. And yeah, thanks again, Catherine. Take care. All right. Don't ask me why, but I used to listen to the oldies station on the radio when I was a kid. So 60s stuff, even though this was in the 80s, a staple from that radio station was the Rascals. People got to be free. Definitely speaking to that hippie sense of freedom, but also, I think, suggesting that such freedom also involves surrender. Christian reformer Martin Luther famously wrote this about Christian liberty. A Christian man is the most free lord of all and subject to none. A Christian man is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. That's Martin Luther writing in 1520. As Christians, then, you could say that we've been freed to love and that to love is to surrender. Thank you to Catherine Freeman for helping me tease out some echoes of those ideas in Beyonce's Renaissance and Maggie Rogers' Surrender. If you want to connect with Catherine on Twitter, you can find her at Catherine Annette. We're on Twitter, too, as well as Facebook. Find us at Think Christian. No Catherine next show, but we will have J.R. Forresteros and Abby Olchesi. They are going to join me to talk about the acclaimed new installment in the Predator franchise, Prey, which is now available on Hulu. We're going to pair it with the original 1987 Predator under the theme of, and this should be interesting, masculinity. So you've got some time to watch both of those films and be fully prepped for that show. Before we sign off for this episode, a quick reminder about that free ebook we've recently made available, The Lord and the Rings, theological reflections on the eight major film adaptations of Tolkien's work. Get your copy again for free over at thinkchristian.net slash Lord of the Rings. The TC Podcast is a listener-supported program of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit ReframeMinistries.org for more info. Our audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and Reframe's co-director overseeing content strategy is Robin Baslin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to consider how another aspect of our pop culture fandom connects with our faith.